Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast and the Pewter Post Game Show, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. We are recap a uh, very uninspiring game for the Buccaneers coming out of the bye, as the title of the show is Buccaneers Lose to the Lions. That's right, Tampa Bay rocking their absolutely beautiful, beautiful creamsicles did not play well in them as they fell to the Lions 22-6. We will break down uh, everything from the game and obviously get the Peter people's opinions on what happened in it as well. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me live from Raymond James Stadium is uh, my fellow colleague and co-host and the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, this one, uh, you know, there's a little inspiration Going into halftime, but the Bucks did not deliver, especially in that second half. No, they didn't. And I, I think maybe the thing that's most disappointing about this this loss is they had two weeks to prepare. Yeah. Right? And the offense was a complete no-show. Two of 12 on third down, six points. You're not going to beat anybody. I mean, much less a good team like the Lions with an offensive performance like that. And then the defense, not like we're letting Todd Bowles off the hook by any means. 56% third down conversion rate allowed by this defense. Both of, of the Lions touchdowns coming on third and 13 and third yeah. and 10. They had no answer for Amon Ross St. Brown in this game. Todd Bowles wants to take away the run, make the quarterback beat you. Fine. The Lions said, bring it on. We'll, we'll, we'll play without David Montgomery in the second half. He left the game with a rib injury in the second quarter, Matt. My stat sheet here says the Bucks only gave up 40 yards. 40 yards on the ground to the Lions. Yeah. But we've seen this before. We've seen Jared Goff with the Rams in 2019 and 2020 not even need a, a running game to be able to put up yards and points on this Todd Bowles defense. And he did it again today. Yeah, and, you know, the, the sad thing really is the mantra of the Bucks' offense or Dave Canales' run offense is we're going to do the body blow, we're going to do the body blow, and then we're going to hit you with the knockout. And in reality, yeah. while the Bucks tried to throw some haymakers and look like Dylan Dennis in that fight against Logan Paul, completely missed. And a lot yeah. of that's on Baker Mayfield. It was yeah. the Lions that did a couple body blows. And then when yeah. they went to go hit the haymaker, they connected on the haymaker. I think more than yeah. anything, the uh, the Williams touchdown was that big-time haymaker. And yeah. the, uh, the touchdown... Uh, the first touchdown by St. Brown was really just sheer athleticism and, and great yeah. playmaking as well. But um, yeah, just really as much as the, everything you said about the, the third down conversions are, are absolutely correct. But at the same time, that Bucks defense, I still think re relatively gave the Bucks a chance to, to at least compete in this game and potentially win. And the offense just was an absolute no-show from beginning to end. I mean, you have a bye week to prepare for your second toughest matchup outside of the Philadelphia Eagles, and you put up six points. Yeah. Relatively didn't even get close to the end zone, except for garbage time. Baker just chucking it into the end zone three, yeah. four times. And, yeah, it was really rough for the Bucks offense. Yeah, I mean, and uh, we, we just had a, a – you know, a, a post-year Bucks are 0-2 against good teams, 3-0 against also-rans. That's yeah. fair. That's fair analysis because right now 
That's what this team is. They're not a good team. They're an above average team with an above average record, right? They're they're three and two. That's above average. Yeah. And and they're they're not going to be able to compete with the 49ers later this year. Probably not going to be able to compete with the Bills. We've talked about that. These are going to be losses for this team because they they just they, they rely so much on takeaways, Matt. And they, they didn't get one today. They're three and zero when they win the turnover margin. They're zero and two when they don't. And it's it's a shame, but I mean, the Lions only had one takeaway. That was the Will Harris kind of tip pass at the yeah. line of scrimmage. He was at the right place at the right time. The Bucks defense still held. I mean, I'm a defensive minded guy, so I I don't want to let the defense off the hook completely. I know that this game was lost on the offensive side of the ball, right? Uh, Mike Evans. Had a crucial drop, uh, had a really bad penalty in terms of offensive pass yeah. interference down there that, that probably cost them some points in the red zone, maybe a touchdown. They did kick a field goal. Uh, Trey Palmer had one catch, targeted seven times. Uh, Chris Godwin and and Mike Evans were you know were hit and miss. Baker Mayfield was hit and miss. And to me, Matt, it, it just it boils down to the fact that that this team is so reliant on takeaways. Yeah. And if they don't get the, the takeaways on defense to help this offense out against good teams, it's just not enough. And they did an incredible job against, you know, Aiden Hutchinson. We talked a lot about him last week yeah. being the game wrecker, but it was everybody else. It, the Lions were as good as advertised. Tough, physical, hard nosed team. They don't beat themselves. They don't make mistakes. They've been in the system now for a couple of years and they rally and they tackle really well. And and then offensively, again, the Buccaneers, they had some communication issues, they had some breakdowns. Um, I mean, they had no answer for Amon Ross St. Brown. 12 catches on 15 targets, 124 yards, the 30 or the 27 yard catch and run for a touchdown right before halftime was, was a big time difference maker play. And, um, you know, he was open. He was open on, on the perimeter screens. He was open in the middle, whether it was short, whether it was intermediate. This guy catches the ball. And uh, quick got in and out of his breaks and made yards after catch. Um, didn't absolutely throttle this team. Only averaged 10.3 yards per catch. But it just seems like every catch that he made counted, went for first downs, picked up first downs, and and kept the Lions progressing towards the end zone for either a touchdown or a field goal. Yeah, I mean, the first play of the game for the Lions offense was a screen to Amon Ross St. Brown that went for a uh, first down. So they literally sent the tone from the first play of the game saying that they were going to get him the ball. And uh, defending the screen was definitely a sore spot for the Bucs defense. The Lions took advantage of the aggressiveness of the Bucs defense, something that we talked about during the week. And the the Bucs didn't have too many answers for it, especially – in crunch time, and we've praised the Bucks a ton in crunch time for getting the job sure. done. But uh, I mean, and we can question all day Todd Bowles punting on fourth and two down 14 points with 1037 to go in the game or however much time left. The Lions yeah. did their job by not giving the ball back until three minutes left in the game and still down yeah. 14. And, and honestly, Matt, I, I think that's a poor coaching decision by I Todd agree. Bowles as the head coach. You got to go for it on fourth and two. Um, and I think that's the fault of a defensive-minded head coach, right? He he believes in his defense almost a little too much, saying, well, we haven't got the takeaway yet. It's coming. It never came. And we can yeah. stop a month or a down and get the ball back. They couldn't. <laughs> I mean, the 56% conversion percentage on third downs. Mm-hmm. Um, n- nothing in quarters one through three or even midway through the fourth quarter would have told Todd Bowles that that, that last – uh, 10, 11 minutes were going to be any different, right? I mean, yeah. at that point in time, you, you had to look at the scoreboard saying, we don't have any momentum. It's kind of now or never. And, um, you know, and I, I just, I think that was, might've been his worst head coaching decision of the year so far. Mm. Wasn't fatal because the game was really over. I mean, th- this offense just couldn't do anything, right? From start to finish uh, outside of or a couple field goals, but um just, just a bad call there. We have a couple super chats that we missed earlier. Let's get to these. Meets McGee for $10. Shouldn't be happy, but the Saints and Eagles lost. The Bucks haven't played their best football yet. Like they say, sometimes it's how you lose. The way they lost, Eagles and Lions are fixable errors. They're fixable errors, but they, they got to get fixed. Baker Mayfield, I thought, was pretty revealing in his press conference. Um, he said they need to get pissed off. And, and yeah. you know, the offense, they should be further along than they are. Matt, um, 
they don't have a reliable ground game. No, uh, certainly against good teams. And I don't know that they have a running back in this team, Matt. I really don't. I love Rashad White, the person. I have not seen anything about Rashad White, Rashad White, the player, that, that makes me think he can be not even a thousand yard back. Uh, Matt, I'm talking about can he have 100 yards in any game this season? He has had one in his career. Usually, special shows up early. Usually, greatness shows up early. And we haven't seen it. Uh, sometimes you got to be able to create on your own if the, if the line isn't there. I don't see the speed to do that. I don't know what in the world Dave Canales and Todd Bowles are, are thinking giving Keyshawn Vaughn six carries six. for nine yards. <laughs> yeah, that's what that was nine yards. That was just, one just a waste of a down. Yeah, it was it was one less than than Rashad White. And I I respect Dave Canales's you know commitment to the run, but again, especially in that late in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter, yeah. you have to understand what's going on in the game. And yeah. I get it. I get it. Like, oh, eventually this is gonna be the drive where it turns around. This is where we put it together. No, you can't just yeah. keep having that obliviousness to it all. And that's what it kind of felt yeah. was just oblivious for the Bucs. And I'm in full agreement. They should be way more ahead of where they are in the offense right now than what's been yeah. going on. I mean, you have two stud receivers. And granted, you know, Mike Evans drops the yeah. ball. That's on Mike. That's not on Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But Matt, you mentioned two. They had two weeks to prepare for this game. Two. Yeah. Right. Dave yeah, Canales, <laughs> he had two Seattle Detroit game films to watch to to show you how to beat the Lions or at least score yeah. points on them. I mean, it just <laughs> it just seems like like this team was ill prepared. And I'm telling you right now, um, like I get it with the throwbacks. I mean, I, I I was here covering this team when they buried the throwbacks in 1997. And they did it for a reason because this team sucked in these uniforms. And I know the fans love them. And I know this this team has put so much hype and hoopla into the throwback game. Folks, you got one win out of five throwback games in these uniforms. Yeah. Is it necessary? I mean, they look good, but this team doesn't play good in them. So what's the point? I know, listen, you could put this team out there in, in red and pewter today, and it wouldn't make a difference. I, but you know what I'm saying. It just, like, I just wonder if all of this was a distraction this week. So many questions about it. And, I mean, they're and, showing uh, up to know. the game in 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 muscle cars and cars from the yeah. 1970s and, and stuff like it that. Seems like it seems like the what, emphasis on the show yeah. was was prior to kickoff. And the emphasis should have been from 425 to 725. And I don't think that was the emphasis this week, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I it was for Todd Bowles. Yeah. And the coaches, I, I don't think it was for the players. Yeah, like I, I I'm all for the fun of it, but like why do they have to go so overboard with the stuff beforehand? And that's why I get why Bucks fans are like, oh, this just reminds me of pain and agony of watching yeah. this team. Because that's kind of yeah. what you got today. They were, you got a, yeah, you got a lifeless effort. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely were the uh, Yuckineers. Shout out to uh, Brad with the uh, the Super Chat before. Uh, we'll, we'll get to your question in a second, Brad, because I see you had a follow-up to just the Super Chat itself. And Lucas yeah. Pettis with the $1.99 Super Chat says, do you think they should start Delaney over Neil? Yes. Yes. You think so? Yes, I mean, I do. I, I I know it wasn't ideal with the with the touchdown to Williams, but I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think one play is going to dictate like how bad the defense was today. Can you name a play that Ryan Neal has made all year? One that sticks out to you. One play, the tackle against the Saints on third and short or fourth and short. But Grant, uh okay. no, it was against Great. the Eagles. Okay. Yeah, right. Dee Delaney. Yeah, yes, one. to that point, Dee Delaney has. Uh, I'm just has saying, made a lot more. Yeah, I'm just saying it's like, like, like play the players that are producing, right? I mean, there's one guy on the bench that has two interceptions that is tied for the team lead. Yeah, as Dee Delaney, I want to see more of that guy than I do the guy that, you know, had a great PFF grade last year. And and, and listen, I hope Ryan Neal turns it around. I'm not, I'm not like dogging Ryan Neal, but I'm, I'm just being objective and, and calling it like I see it, and I, I think. Yeah. Based on the questions and some of the comments, y'all see it too. So this was uh, Brad's uh, question here for the Super Chat. Thank you. Should we bench JTS? Um, JTS is not going to get benched. Um, I thought he – I mean, he didn't get to the – well, he had the one egregious play where he just ran right by Jared Goff, and it was like – Yes. 
was he in the end zone? Like, is that what you're running for? Uh, but I thought JTS did like yeah. really well in the run. I don't think JTS was like like Ryan Neal was definitely more of a reason why the Bucks lost versus JTS's yeah. inability to, you know, take down the quarterback. Uh, I thought JTS did really well in terms of uh, you know in stopping the run and he kept popping up all over the place. But to bench him, I would like to see in general an outside linebacker. The job's just not getting done across the board. An it's outside not. linebacker. It's I don't not. think. JTS thing. So does that mean Yaya Diaby yeah. gets more opportunities? I mean, Cam Gill was in on a play where he knocked the running back out of bounds. Does that mean giving yeah. Cam Gill or Marquis Watts when he was impersonating uh, whoever Luke Gedeke was going up against when he was impersonating the, <laughs> right. the edge rusher that Gedeke was facing? I'm and in favor he, of that. And, and, and Hutchinson? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, here's the thing. I, I like Yaya Diaby's game a lot, but he only has one move. It's a bull rush. He and I talked about it this week in the locker room. He's got to develop a second move or a finishing counter off the bull rush. He's just not there yet. Right. I mean, this is a guy that was drafted as a work in progress. And unfortunately, so was Logan Hall. And so was Joe Tryon. They were drafted as work in progress. They just have not made enough progress yet. I think Logan Hall uh, did have some splash plays today. We saw some signs of life from Kalijah Kansi, which was a good sign. Um, Kalijah Kansi yes. had, you know, his first, his first sack. NFL sack today. Um, he showed some flashes. I, I, you know, he got his first sack late in the game. Um, he wasn't terribly thrilled with how he played, and I think that's a good thing because Jared Goff did not get harassed enough in the pocket. Um, having said all that, though, the thing with Kalijah Kansi is this: this is his preseason, and that's what he said yeah. during the the post-game press conferences he's like my preseason starts now in other words he's got a lot of rust to shake off he's got he's got to adjust he is behind the eight ball so much behind the curve right now just from not having that preseason not from not having a training camp so you know to me um the best is yet to come for for Kalijah Kansi I think it was it was a promising start we talked to him after the game he did not um didn't have any, uh, you know, lingering negative issues. effects. Yeah, from from the calf, that was a good thing. So, you know, if you're looking for a bright spot on defense, you know, this guy had a pretty good debut. I'm not even going to call the Minnesota game a debut. It was 11 plays. This was uh, a wire to wire game for him, and, and I thought he played reasonably well for his first game. Yeah, it's funny. I was, uh, Josh Capo obviously was on the the game day stream with me as we were watching and. Uh, you know, can't see make some plays and, and we're all saying this is everything in the Minnesota game was fun, but it was 11 snaps. Like this is his real first true action of the right. NFL. This is the first time that he's yeah. played in the second half. And, and the job that he did is definitely something out of the few positives that you could take away yeah. from this Bucks loss. Kalijah can't see. I definitely would say is one of them. And we got this uh, super chat from Shaggy. Thanks Shaggy yeah. for the $10 super chat. Shaggy, you were here all day during the, computer game day show so appreciate you so much who says not only did the bucks look like they did when i was five they played like <laughs> yeah. it too that is a uh they sure did that is a shaggy, excellent excellent comment shaggy we got some good news for you we appreciate we do. that very much we got some good news for you um your comment from thursday show with tony dungy best buccaneers free agent acquisition tom brady don't count that question uh was was the winner of the the celsius orange case so uh you're going to be getting a, a celsius case of, of orange which is my favorite flavor sent to you what i need you to do shaggy is email me at sr at pewterreport.com with your contact information and uh and i will get that over to celsius and they'll send you that that case of, of orange and hope you enjoy it thank you so much for your continued support of the pewter report podcast and for your super chat and and for your very good thought-provoking question on thursday show yeah, you the man or woman, Shaggy. Don't know <laughs> you're a kind of girl, but thank you so much, Shaggy, uh, for all your contributions and great comment and everything. So uh, you you earned it. You deserve it. Desert Dog 2K with the $5 Super Chat says, what do you think the win ceiling is now for this Bucks team? Division is really weak, so playoffs are possible, but it starts with beating Atlanta next week. Appreciate the question, Desert Dog 2K. Yeah. I don't think yep. the ceiling for their wins changes at all. I think this is everything that we've yep. kind of talked about is that they're going to struggle against the good teams and the Lions are one of yep. them. And they have to take advantage of all, 
in a perfect world, all of, but realistically, a majority of the winnable coin flip games or whatever you want to call it. So obviously yeah. Atlanta next week is a winnable game. The Bucks are 3-0 in their winnable coin flip games right now is the yeah. best way I'm trying to say yeah. it. So I don't I don't think it changes at all. You know, uh, Scott, I think you predicted them, what, 9-8? Nine 9-8, and eight? Nine and eight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I said eight nine. So they're right yeah. on track for they're right on track for both of yep. those. The great thing is, is they they didn't lose any ground in the division today. You have the Saints lose, the Panthers lose, and the Falcons lose. Yeah, and it, this this next game is going to be a really big game. Um, I think it's a winnable game against Atlanta as long as they can. And they, they did a pretty good job stuff in the run today. I think defensively they're better against the run this year than they were last year. That's a good sign. We know, yes. we know Atlanta's going to want to come out and run the ball. Desmond Ritter has, has improved as a passer, still had a critical interception late in that game against Washington today. So this team's got to get back to creating takeaways on defense. We talked yeah. about it, you know, during the bye week, Matt, 11 takeaways in the first four games last year. They had 10 this year on defense. Then what happened? It was the Sahara Desert. They couldn't yeah. buy a takeaway. And you hope that that this does not continue the trend from last year where they really struggled to get interceptions, force fumbles, et cetera. Um, you know, it just it, it just seemed like the Buccaneers, Todd Bull said it multiple times after the game. This team was sluggish. They just seemed to step slow. Um, and and yet you talk to the players, even Todd Bull said they had a good week of practice. There was so much hype about this game. I think the players, I don't know if they if they just got wrapped up in the pageantry of it and just got lost for a minute. I don't know. The Lions came down here wanting to win the game, and they did. Mm-hmm. And they just had a workmanlike approach about it. And uh, I, I think that this offense, I, I think they're going to have to make some personnel changes here. I don't know what's happened to Sean Tucker. That's going to be my job this week, find out what the hell happened to Sean Tucker uh, not that this kid is the answer at running back by any means. Okay. Maybe he's bad in pass protection. Maybe they trust Keyshawn Vaughn better. I don't know. All I know is I don't want to see any more Keyshawn Vaughn runs. I, I, just I think don't. the whole. I've seen, I've seen enough. Yeah. I've seen enough. I don't I mean, even think it's, it's Keyshawn Vaughn. I think it's the whole running game. I mean, what they have 46 rushing yards? They had 46 rushing yards and yes. 26 came from Rashad White, nine came from Keyshawn Vaughn. The other 11 came from Baker and Devin Tompkins, which, yeah. sure, the, the Tompkins one is a design run, but the other ones, that's not yeah. your tradition. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A run play, too. You're not going to run end arounds with Devin Tompkins 15 times a game like you want to run the ball with Rashad White and and uh, and and Keyshawn Vaughn. Honestly, Scott, the best running back this season for the Bucks has been Chase Edmonds. And it's a shame that he got injured so early yeah, in the season. Right. But Chase Edwards right. has been the only running back, uh, you know. You're right. Sean, Sean Tucker was was the preseason. It was fun. But regular season, yeah. completely different. Chase Edmonds has been the only guy, when he gets the ball, it looks like he shot out of a cannon. It looks like he's, yeah. uh, you know, a lightning bolt or whatever it is. He's the only guy that yeah. brings a little electricity when he's running. I agree. He's holding the rock, as they say. I agree. But he's he's kind of proven to be fragile. Missed some time Thanks. in the offseason. Yeah. Missed some time in preseason. Missed some time now. You know, um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, Jason Light, this is his Achilles heel, finding running backs. It just is. He, he's struggled to draft them mightily. I think lucked out to get Leonard Fournette in 2020, right before the start of the season. Having Tom Brady on the team obviously helped as a recruiting pitch. Um, they, they don't have a running back right now. Uh, and, and this offensive line does need to, to run block better. It's not like there's clean holes that these guys are missing. Yeah. But sometimes there are clean holes. And these guys are missing them. So that needs to be said as well. Uh, G Vegas with the comment here. Truth be told, Canales doesn't deserve his hype. Listen, I mean, Dave Canales had a hell of a game against New Orleans. Okay. Um, we have to look at this in a week by week situation yep. here. Um, pretty good game against the Bears. Uh, awful game against the Eagles. Very good game against the Saints. 
very bad game against the Lions, right? You want consistency, and and you you deserve criticism when you're not consistent. You deserve praise when you are consistent. Dave Canales and this offense are not consistent. I'm not sitting here praising him. We're defending him. But I do want to look at this. We're talking about the Bucks lions game. Go back and look at the podcast from after the Bucks beat the Saints. We were praising Canales for his creativity, yeah. getting everybody involved. Baker Mayfield's best game so far had over 100 and, what, 114 yards rushing against the Saints. Mm. That's a tough place to play. Um Criticize Dave Canales all you want for this game, that's fine. Criticize him all you want for the Eagles game, that's fine. But sit there and make a blanket statement saying that Dave Canales doesn't deserve his hype. I don't know that we're hyping him, but like anybody, Matt, when you have a good game, we're going to say you had a good game. When you don't, we're going to say that too. And Dave Canales, yeah. Baker Mayfield, uh, the running game, Todd Bowles, the defense didn't have didn't have a good game today at all. Jake yeah, Martin and <laughs> Jake Martin did have a good game. Levante uh, David had a good game. Yes, and Luke Edeke as well. I'd say those are the yeah. three best players for, for the Bucs today. This isn't me defending Dave Canales by any means, um, but what I will say is, like, it's not Dave Canales' fault that Baker Mayfield overthrew Trey Palmer twice. I mean, Dave Canales right. called the play where Trey Palmer was wide open and walks in for a touchdown if if Baker hits him cleanly. It's not yeah. Dave Canales' fault that Mike Evans dropped the ball inexplicably on a third and long that would have continued to keep a drive going. Right. That's not on Dave Canales. Now, that doesn't mean he's absolved of all of – the issues and just the abysmal, abysmal yeah. run game. But you have to look at every single piece of the puzzle, you know? And yeah. I think a lot of this is on Baker uh, yeah. for this game specifically for all the praise Baker has gotten. People always say the quarterback gets too much of the credit and too much of the blame right. or whatever the saying is. Trey Palmer makes both of those catches. This is a very different looking game, or at least the yeah. Bucks have a little bit of momentum going into the fourth quarter. And Baker didn't hit those throws, and that's why the Bucs wilted at the end. They wilted. You know, yeah. they punted. They punted on fourth and two, and they essentially never got the ball back with an opportunity right. to win the game. But, you know, it's, it's yeah. always – the and you could say that what if for every single game, for every single team. Yeah. But wide open is wide open, and Baker missed it. it and is. both times, yeah. Baker had an open pocket or a clean enough yeah. pocket where he could stand in there. We know Baker loves taking hits. Yeah. And uh, – right. Yeah, just wasn't, well, but Matt, wasn't he overthrew enough. him. It wasn't even like he got hit as he threw and the ball was underthrown. Yeah. I mean, he he overthrew the fastest receiver on this team twice, and you can't do that because those are game changing, momentum swinging type plays if you hit them, and and they didn't, and that's a big reason why they lost. And Baker Mayfield said he sucked today, and the offense sucked today, and he's right, he's right. Uh, yeah. Nicola with the four ninety nine super chat, thank you. We lost thirty eight to three. That was against the Saints at home. On Sunday yeah. night, uh, and went on to win a Super Bowl the same season. We'll be fine. Yes, I mean, as bad as that Eagles loss was, the Saints game was just as sweet. And as bad as this loss is today, uh, if they beat the Falcons and they, it, it, Matt, if they beat the Falcons, they'll really be in the driver's seat in the yes. NFC South. At least, you know, getting close to the halfway point of the year. So that will be sweet. So just. Take it week by week, folks. It's it's 18-week season, 17 games. So they're three and two right now. A win next week. And you know, they're they're four and two and and looking really, really good in the NFC South. A loss at home to the Falcons, and then it gets dicey. Then then you're kind of on, you know, Matt's prediction, which is eight and nine, which is you're struggling to stay around or above or below 500 the entire season. And it's just kind of like up, down, up, down, up. Down. Yeah. We saw that last year. And, and thankfully the bucks were always kind of like, you know, a, a, a game ahead of the competition. I mean, it took until new year's Down day to the wire, them to yeah. clinch <laughs> the division by beating the Panthers and the Panthers had the lead at halftime in that game, Matt. So they, they you know, did anything can happen. <clears throat> I want to get yeah, to this I, I, question here. Sure. From real quick, uh, Matt Nathan Marone says Scott John Letty was talking about how this team runs consistently between the tackles every play, and teams just tee off on that, making it possible to run. Yeah, but they don't have an outside running game. They don't have the speed to, to get to the outside. The receivers aren't good enough blockers to on the perimeter 
to make any outside stretch, like wide zone plays run. So the Buccaneers are, are stuck running between the tackles, which is mid zone or it's a, it's a duo gap scheme, right? So it's either zone or, or man blocking, but that's what they're left with because the personnel on this team, and Matt, you mentioned it with, without Chase Edmonds' little zip, they don't have the speed to get to the perimeter. And, and I don't think they have the tight ends that can really lock down you know, a, a defensive end or, or a linebacker yeah. and, really, and really pin the edge of, of the, the offensive line and, and create an alleyway. And then, you know, we've just seen, um, we've even seen Mike Evans just not block. He'll get in somebody's way on the perimeter, but yeah, it's not like, listen, I'll tell you what, the Lions receivers are undersized, but those dudes block on the perimeter. They do. They block. The Buccaneers, they had a hard time getting off of blocks, whether it's linebackers, safeties, cornerbacks, whatever. They're a tough, well-coached, well-disciplined team. And even though those receivers are a little on the undersized side in Detroit, they block on their perimeter. Those wide receiver screens work, and they just don't work in Tampa because I don't think these receivers as a whole buy in and, and are that effective blocking for the guy that catches the ball in the perimeter. Yeah, I mean, Chris Godwin has always been lauded as a as a blocking wide receiver or being good at that aspect of his game. Um, yeah. But yeah, outside of that, like Devin Tompkins, you love the fight in him, but... You know, I think you saw it on the, on that, I think it was the third down play where he ran a slant and it was an incompletion to him on third down. And he's just too small. You know, you love to fight him, but he's too small to block anyone big. Yeah. And, you know, Trey Palmer isn't the, the strongest of guys either. And then to running the ball to the outside, the Bucs just don't have yeah. that spark plug at running back. And yeah. yes, you can run plays to the outside when it's a, an end around to Devin Tompkins or a couple of, yeah. uh, not trick plays, but, you know, specialty design plays, if you will. You can do that a couple of times per game, but that's not going to be the MO of your offense. You can you can yeah. do a halfback toss to the outside, but that's just not working with Rashad White right now. So maybe Rashad or the offensive line or really anyone on the offense, especially for that next game against Atlanta, they probably need to make sure that they have a Celsius energy drink before they take on the Atlanta Falcons in a very Amen. crucial, yeah, very crucial uh offensive or offensive game, uh divisional game. That's going on. Of course, Celsius, the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. There is uh, no sugar in these drinks, no post-energy drink uh, crash or jitters that you might get with another product out there. They're just absolutely delicious, whether it's the Oasis Vibe, Sparkling Lemon Lime, the Arctic Vibe, the Orange, which we've given away a couple free cases this week. The Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Anyway, awesome, awesome flavors. If you know where to pick one up, go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can find one. Whether it's your Walmart, 7-Eleven, health and fitness store, or your bodega. Bodega. <laughs> a lot of people were uh, loving the bodega conversation today. Josh Capo did his own bodega. I gave him an 8.5 for the impersonation. But anyway, yeah. um, Excellent. if you want to get Celsius in bulk because they're so good. I'd recommend getting that variety pack because variety is spice of life. Why have one flavor of Celsius when you can have tons of flavor of Celsius? That's when you go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and you can have it sent to your residence whenever you want. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Make Celsius your number one pick. Scott, the last thing I'll say about um, – Looking at the the Falcons game, I don't want to look too much forward, but there's a little bit of pressure on the Bucks against Atlanta for the mere fact that if you don't beat Atlanta, you have a short week right after that, turning around yeah, and yeah. going to Buffalo and playing the Buffalo Bills, who aren't playing too well right now. They're down three nothing against the Giants with their backup quarterback yeah. at home. Actually, shout out my brother's they're, they're, game right now. Yeah, but they're, uh, they're not going to win, though, Matt. I mean, no. it, it just it. Uh, I'm not saying they can't win. I'm just saying they're not going to win. This the, the Bills are a better team. Yeah, they're not going to be able to run the ball against the Bills. They should play Sean Tucker in that game because it's in upstate New York. So maybe might as well. Uh, <laughs> maybe might as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna probe some people right now and try to figure out what is going on with with Sean Tucker. Maybe I can get an answer before this podcast is over, but. 
uh, yeah, it, it, I just, I just don't know that, that they have the, the horses to, um, you know, to either push the pile, uh, and, and they're not bringing back Leonard Fournette folks. I mean, there's a reason why, why the league as a whole yeah. has said, no, we're not signing you Leonard. Um, and we're approaching halfway through the season here. So Leonard Fournette's not the answer. He's not coming back to Tampa, but, um, they had a chance to sign Kareem Hunt, Matt, you know, and I, I know that so, sometimes the, the drug of choice uh, is your own guys. Sometimes you get high on your own guys, whether it's the the undrafted free agent gem find like Sean Tucker that has you all excited. And when I say you all, I mean, like the personnel department, right? Or it's the pair of third down backs that you drafted that don't have the juice necessary to, to really make big plays in this offense. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it doesn't serve you well, uh, say no to drugs, kids. They're not good. Um, but I, I say that in just because they, they had some chances to, to get a cream hunt and to upgrade the running game a little bit. And they, they liked their guys. They stayed pat and they yeah. said the system will work. Look what happened in Seattle. Yeah, you had yeah. Thomas Rawls who was an undrafted free agent at work there. Uh, you had Chris Carson, a seventh-round draft pick at work there. You had a first-round pick, Rashad White. I'm sorry, Rashad Penny. I'm wrong, Rashad. Rashad Penny. Um, but this is not Seattle. This is Tampa Bay. And I, I know that, that Dave Canales wants to establish the run, and, and he brought the run scheme, Matt, but it has not lived up to the billing yet. They don't, no. they don't get enough push at the line of scrimmage. Um, and I think that's in the middle of, of the offense, right? Right. That's that's Filer and Hainsey and, and Malk right now. And and um, they just don't have the backs. They don't have the stables to to really effectively run the ball. Um, and and if, if, if it turns around and I'm proven wrong, I'll be happy to admit it. Yeah, I mean, there is always that window of. Uh, of opportunity of like, how much do you just chalk it up to growing pains versus when do you say, all right, this isn't working. And I appreciate yeah. the super chat from Zachary Jarvis asking uh, with the 199 super chat, should we trade for Derrick Henry? We actually got this on the Peter game day show and uh, we answered it there, but I'm happy to answer it again. It, the bucks don't have it in the salary cap to even afford yeah. Derrick Henry if they wanted to. And, you know, we've gotten questions in the past. I know in a couple of Monday mailbags, you have Scott with, um, you know, should they trade for Jonathan Taylor and stuff like that? Well, not long after Jonathan Taylor signed a new contract with the Colts. So that's at the window. Now the reality is there's just the top guy isn't walking through that right. door. You know, there, there's not no. the, it, it there's no one that you can either trade for right now. It's not like last season with Christian McCaffrey being available and the 49ers pounce on him. And right. the Bucs aren't even one of those teams that are like, hey, we might win the Super Bowl this year. Let's go all in on this one player. There's just there's not any viable options right now at the moment that make you go, oh, well, if the Bucs get this yeah. running back, every single issue that this team has had will be solved and they're going to not only win the NFC South, but they're going to be having a bye and then hosting the divisional round as the number one seed. That's just, that's not yeah. the case at the moment. Yeah. Uh, at the same time too, I mean, I don't want to seem like we're overreacting. We're, we're going to give the Lions some credit. They do have the third best run defense. Yes. Okay. So the Bucks couldn't run the ball against the best run defense. That was Philadelphia. They couldn't run the ball against, the third best defense that was Detroit. Okay, we'll see what happens, you know, with the Atlanta Falcons. And I've got to do some Falcons homework to see where where they are. I mean, I just have a, a surface level, you know, view of Atlanta right now with their record and the bad home loss. They lost in their throwback uniforms too. They right? did the old red helmet and all that. So uh, it was a rough day for the South. All four teams lost, but the Bucks didn't lose any ground. So. Uh, but yeah, man, there, there's no saviors on the street right now. I don't think. Um, but and and the thing too is 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 do you want to do you, you want to, to trade for a running back right now? I mean, you're going to have to kind of blow up the room next year, anyways. I don't know if Chase Edmonds comes back and and is productive. Maybe you resign him, kind of like what you did with Giovanni Bernard. You know, giving him one year deal every year. I don't know, but he's got to stay healthy. He's been injured pretty much the whole time he's been here. And, and Matt. We know Rashad White's going to be in a contract next year, but you cannot go into the season anticipating he's going to be 
in, in factoring in as the starter when he just simply hasn't done anything this year uh, yeah. of, you know, that shows you he is RB1, you know, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, bye. I mean, you're a free agent next year. I'm done. Uh, and I, I think I speak for a lot of Buccaneer fans when I say that. Uh, I don't see how he comes back at all. Sean Tucker, don't know. I just sent out some texts. We'll see if I get any answers tonight. Um, I, I'm, I'm just not sure. But uh, it, it's it's almost to the point where we're against good defenses, against good teams like the Lions. Uh, I know you can't drop back and throw 60 times. It doesn't work. But, man, it's just you're wasting a lot of downs to get nothing or almost next to nothing, it seems. And it, it kind of felt like, especially for, for the Lions side of it on offense, when they knew that they couldn't run the ball anymore, they just stopped running it. <laughs> you know, they started doing right. the little dink and dunk yes. game, and their running play yes. was a four-yard pass to Sam Laporta. Laporta and Bingo. It exactly. worked fine for them. And I don't think, again, the name of the game is scoring more points than the other team, yeah. so there shouldn't be any shame. And, oh, well, our run game sucks. We're just going to continuously throw it. Right. Um, and honestly – I would just keep drafting one running back in the draft each season until one of your guys becomes the guy. Maybe not every single yeah. season, but like if the Bucks draft the right. running back in this year's draft, the next year's draft, I would have no issue with it. Anyway, yeah. um, Bucks basement thing well, for the yeah, five thousand. Yeah. yeah, go yeah, ahead. Uh, uh, look, we'll get to that in one second. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown gets open, and he has some instant start-stop ability. Um and he, he was a draft pick. Devin Tompkins is smaller and was undrafted, and he's not as reliable of a weapon as Amon Ross St. Brown. Chris Godwin uh, is is similar, maybe the most similar type of, of receiver to Amon Ross St. Brown, but just they need a guy to get open and catch the ball. Get open and catch the ball. Get open yep. and catch the ball. Get open and catch the ball. That's, that's what they need. And um, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Mike Evans. Not sure. Trey Palmer. Well, if he keeps dropping the damn ball, <laughs> I don't know if you want him back. I mean, this he, is the first not... time Mike has, has had a drop this year. And for $28 no. million, you can't be no, dropping. No, he's, he's had plenty of drops this year. He's he's dropped some touchdowns. But but my but my point is, is, is uh, they're going to have to really get some more playmakers on offense in terms yeah. of, of receivers. They need an upgraded tight end. They need a, a Sam Laporta-type uh, player. Although I thought Levante David – did a pretty credible job against against him. I, I thought Levante was was really he came to play today. He was he he was a, a you know he and Kalaja Kansi were were two of the bright spots right there. there. There's there's your defensive guys that I thought stood out more than others. Jamel Dean, don't know what's up with Jamel Dean this year. I don't know. He's not the same player he was last year. And yeah. I'm almost at the point where I'd rather see Zion McCollum out there. Bucks basement. Sorry to keep you waiting. Five dollars super chat. Can't wait. Another NFC South banner to get blown out in the wild card. Bowles, not a good head coach. Anytime we play a good head coach, he's out coached. Neil was awful. Um, okay. It's it your does opinion. feel like Todd I agree, Bowles, Neil was yeah. awful. <laughs> it, I, it does feel like at times Todd Bowles overthinks things. Again, with the punting on fourth and two. Like, yeah, that was egregious. I don't know. Yeah. I just. I, I get it. Not you know, Tony Dungy wasn't a big fan of analytics either, based on our conversation with him on yeah on uh, on Thursday's show. But sometimes you just got to understand the game is on the line, and at the end of the yeah. day, two weeks from now, who gives a damn whether you lost by seven or you lost by seventeen? And sure, yeah. like you're gonna lose by seventeen if you go for it on fourth and two and you don't get it. But who gives a damn? Like the losses all the losses are all the same, and same with with the win, and it just. It felt like someone said in the comments during the. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all new nitrogen infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more the game day spread or the game day show that it just felt like he was coaching not to lose, even though you're already yeah. down, you know, it's like, it's almost like he was coaching to, Hey, well, we kept it close and lost versus, uh, we let it, we let the game unravel. Yeah. And 
I just think that's a really yes. terrible mindset to have. Yeah, no, you're right, though. Um, Salvador, with, with an interesting comment here, uh, Javante Williams has one year left. Broncos aren't going to pay him and are on a fire sale. I, I, liked, I loved him coming out of North Carolina. I really Ooh. did. One of my favorite backs. Rashad Penny is on a cheap deal and buried on the depth chart in Philly. Both could be cheap. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, th there, there is something to be said about making the playoffs – winning the NFC South and, and then getting beaten or blown out in the wild card. Like you want to have a chance when you get to the postseason. It's not just like, like the, uh, I'm trying to find the commenter here. Like, you know, another year of hanging the banner only to lose in, in the wild card round. Yeah. Um, you know, Matt, to me, I'd like to see them make some sort of move for a running back while they still have a chance to win this division. And, and I, I think next week's game against Atlanta is big. If Rashad yeah. white can't get untracked, um, then you need to kind of push the panic button a little bit and maybe, maybe flip a, a day three pick to the Eagles and say, let's have, let's take Rashad Penny off your hands since, you know, he's buried on the depth chart um, behind Swift and Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Right. It wouldn't hurt um, to to make a move like that. He knows this offense. He's got familiarity with with Dave Canales. When he's healthy, he's a home run hitter. This problem has been injuries. Okay, well, fine. Get him for a couple games. Yeah, <laughs> he lights it up. Maybe Chase Edmonds comes back, and those guys can take turns playing injured. I don't know, but they they, they need to be able to run the ball better than 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 they have. And if they can't do it next week against Atlanta, then I think it might be time to hit the panic button. Is this team might come out and rush for 115 yards next week? That's kind of been the mo. It has. Right? Vikings took the run away with the eight man fronts out of the box. Then you had 120 yards right against the Bears. Then you had, you know, a brick wall that was the Eagles. Then 114 against the Saints, and then 46 yards tonight. Yeah, just the biggest thing has just been across the board, both running and passing. And I agree, they have to do something in the run game if it means bringing someone else in just inconsistency week in and week out there's it it's very difficult to yeah. predict this team as uh, architect 79 thank you for the super chat says outside linebacker position group disappointed also it's very difficult to predict this offense on a week-to-week -week basis and that's a scary thing especially you know when we go on radio and tv and we're asked to give our educated opinion on being around the team the whole time. And it makes it tougher when one week they look fantastic against the saints. The next they look like absolute, like, I don't want to say garbage. Cause that's very strong, but just, yeah, just very, very soft, you know, against, against the Lions team. So it's tough to make predictions on them unless you watch Peter picks and props where uh, now I'm nine and one picking the bucks games nice. this season. By the way, uh, that show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, as is the Pewter Report podcast. Use that promo computer that's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get involved with the Pick'em games that they have. It is a ton of fun. You just make a couple of picks, at least one player from each team on the, uh, you know, higher or lower on, you know, passing yards for a quarterback or rushing yards for a running back, whatever it is. The more picks you make, the more money you can win. You can win up to 20 times your money that is a ton of money and it's super super fun especially if it's a team that you're a fan of like for bucks fans watching the bucks or also say you're watching a game right now like the bills and the giants and you don't particularly care about either team it's another fun way to have a little more interest in so use that promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r get a first deposit bonus with underdog fantasy don't forget about the insurance either you use some insurance, you make five picks, you get four correct, you still end up winning money. You don't use the insurance, you hit four out of five, you don't win anything at all. So check out Underdog Fantasy promo code Pewter. Start winning that cash on the pick'em. Oh, I think you're muted, Scott. I am muted, Matt. Thank you. <clears throat> Big game this week. Uh, a win, and, and they get back on track, and they – they pull away a little bit here in the NFC South, a loss to the Falcons. And now you're looking at back-to-back -back losses. You're looking at losing what three out of the last four. 
if that's the case. So yeah. uh, it, it's it's big. I mean, this is this is division game. Um, it, it's this is going to be a big week for them. It's going to be a gut check week for the Buccaneers. This offense has got to, uh, you know, play better, put more points on the board, um, make Chase McLaughlin kick extra points, not field goals. This is a touchdown league in a league that's decided by field goals. But if you don't score touchdowns, the field goals don't matter. They really don't. The, the, the field goal you want or need is that game winner that, that gives you, you know, the, the, the victory. Um, but you got to have your, your kicker kick some extra points along the way. It's, you're not going to win without scoring touchdowns in this league. Uh, too many good offenses out there. Uh, Will Martinez, 499 Super Chat, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Will. Says, only positive to take from this game was Luke Atticke and Cansey, who is a beast. We are a run game away from being a legit contender. Go Bucks from Northern California. Awesome. You're watching from all the way over Appreciate there. It, thank you. Uh, I would also throw in um, Levante David, of course, yeah. for what he did in this game. I do think that the running game would solve a lot of the offensive problems. So Baker doesn't yeah. have to stand back there all the time. The Bucks don't have to have, you know, second and eight on every single time that they are trying to get a drive going. And yeah. Dave Canales has said in the past he's going to be stubborn running the football. The running game is not going anywhere. It's just the efficiency of the running game is what needs to improve. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if this run game could just give a little bit of consistency, that would go a long way for Dave Canales, for Baker, and really all parties involved. It's just whether or not they can do it. And not so sure about that. Yeah. Um, listen, I know one person who is consistent, and that is Eric Gross from the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. That's right. Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group, they've got a, the full team effort that you need to win in real estate. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions here in this crazy real estate market, and they've got experience in all types of situations. Eric is an avid Peter Report reader, a Tampa native. His father was stationed in McDill Air Force Base. He knows this area like the back of his hand. He and his team have the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and commitment to excellent service that sets them apart. With their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents across the country, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home in, into a reality. So whether you're moving into the state of Florida or let's say you have to leave the great state of Florida, or you want to move around the state of Florida, Eric Gross is the guy to call. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Like the Eric Gross Group, take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com, or give them a call at 513-907-4271. That's Houses in Florida. Great website. Check out their inventory online. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, You'll feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of PeterReport.com. Again, visit housesinfla.com. Yeah, Eric's a great guy. He's been on the Peter Report podcast twice already, and he knows yeah. his buck stuff. So uh, definitely to get a chance to chat with him. And he's been in the comments before, too. So yeah. uh, if you ever get a chance sure. to chat with him about the bucks, uh, he, he definitely brings it, which is fantastic. Yeah, uh, we have a show tomorrow, folks. Uh, we're, we're doing it's not going to be a Victory Monday show, but it will be a fun show because Mondays are always really fun. And we're going to start looking ahead. Uh, we're going to flush this game. We're going to look ahead. 24 hour. Falcons. Rule. Yeah, exactly. 24 hour. Rule, exactly. And, and there's there's also roll call at 420. So if you have not made our live show yet on Monday, make sure uh, tomorrow is the day you do so. Uh, we love hearing where the pewter people are watching yep. and listening to the show from, not just from around the Tampa Bay area or the great state of Florida or the great United States of America, but also around the globe. It's really cool to see where you guys are watching and tuning in from. It's it's great. Yeah, absolutely. So looking forward to tomorrow's show. Before we end this show, uh, we have a, yep. another super chat. Thank you to Tall Florida Guy with the 499 super chat who says, seems like the running game woes is due to the interior offensive line upgrade this off season. Well, they're definitely going to be looking yeah. at center. I think we're both yeah. uh, pretty confident yeah. in that for and, and sure. I, yeah. And you know what, Matt, I wouldn't be surprised if they move Cody Malk to center. I think that okay. might be his future. He said he's open to it. Yep. He definitely and, said he's and, open and, to it. Mean, probably not going to happen this year. 
that means finding another guard. Uh, Zach Zinter, I just did a, a pewter report uh, or a, a Bucks mock draft story, kind of collected some of, of the way too early mock drafts that are out right now from around the web. Put that out, that story out there on Saturday. Zach Zinter, the uh, massive guard for Michigan, great running school. I mean, Blake Corum, I mean, they got some great running yeah. backs there. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, good quarterback. That's a very good offensive line. It's a bit of an offensive line factory up there in Ann Arbor. Uh, he's a he's a guy to keep an eye on at the guard position. He's he's worthy of a late first round pick. And um, you know that, that we're gonna be we're not quite there at the draft yet. But I mean, yes, help is on the way. You know, Jason Light. He is going to continue to fortify this offensive line. It is still a work in progress. Matt Filer, you know, signed a one year deal. He's in his thirties. You know, he may not be back. He's not so a long-term I, answer regardless. Correct. Well said. Well said. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, go ahead. First name, oh. greatest. Can we get some tough questions to the play callers or head coach? Softball questions are as soft as our zone D. What questions do you want to have asked? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I and I'm just saying this because um, we have eyes too. Okay. We, we know what we see. And when we ask questions, and I'm, I'm kind of speaking on behalf of the Tampa Bay media here because I'm a part of it, been a part of it for a long time. Matt sits right beside me in press conferences. I, I think we ask pointed questions when, when those are due. But the one thing we're not going to do, and, and honestly, I don't think anybody here in Tampa Bay really does. We don't grandstand. We don't sit there and try to uh, put you know a coach on the spot to make him look bad, to generate yeah. a sound bite and all of that. Um you know, th that's not what it's about. We ask questions and sometimes the answers are are fine. And sometimes they kind of dodge and we'll ask follow ups. But um, I, I don't understand what, what the tough questions are. What, what, what are we supposed to say? Right. Like uh, what didn't uh, work for the offense? <laughs> like we know yeah, it didn't I mean, work I, for the offense. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, so we will ask questions and we'll continue to do so. And if you have some suggestions, I'm happy to pass them along. But yeah. a, a lot of times, um, I, I think that is geared towards, why don't you ask it with anger? Why don't you ask it like, you know, with some gusto? And, and it, it doesn't matter, like, how you say the question. The question is the question. And th the answer, um, you know, if we don't like the answer, we'll ask a follow-up. But a lot yeah. of times, you know, I, I asked Todd there Bowles, were like, he he said several times that they're sluggish. Why were they sluggish? He's like, I don't know. We had a good week of practice, just didn't show up today. Yeah, that's so. one thing I will say. I'm <laughs> sick and tired because we heard it a lot last season. I don't know what happened. We had a great practice, and then we just got smoked yeah. by the Steelers or whoever it was. Tired of hearing yeah. about a great practice. I don't give a damn about great practices. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, sometimes you'll ask a the right question, and Todd will just say miscommunication or whatever, and it's like, yeah. Sometimes you're just not going to get the answer that uh, you, that you hope you get, and you know you obviously right. got to like, rebound. Sometimes it's just like giving the ball to Keyshawn Vaughn. You're just not going to get it, you know. <laughs> you're just not. So, like we we can ask the question, and sometimes it's miscommunication. You can follow up with that, and you can say, "Well, who did miscommunicate?" And he'll say the players, and we're going to work on it. They're they're not. Todd's not going to sit there and throw his players under the bus. If you want him to, you got the wrong coach. He's not like Bruce yeah. Arians. No, I was about to say, Bruce Arians absolutely would say, yeah, yeah, this guy can play better, that guy can play better. That's just – it's not what Todd does. And, you know, it's partially why he has a very, very loyal group uh, with him. Yeah. Dre Wilson, we'll probably end it with this one here. What do you all have against Hainsey? Um, he's, he's not Ryan Jensen. He's not a Pro Bowl yeah. caliber center. The Bucks can do better. I think he's an average center at best. And I think pro football focus grades probably back that up. Not that I agree with everything pro football focus does in terms of grading. But uh, I don't see him mauling people in the run game, moving the pile, creating a bunch of holes. Um, I think I think where, where he serves a purpose is, is the communication and the line calls and all of that. I think that he puts the line – in the best position based upon the front he's seeing. And there's some real value in that. Like you can be a meathead mauler all you want, but if you don't have the mental part of it, um, you know, and, and you slide protection a different way and it, it results in a sack, it, 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 that doesn't help. So, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think Robert Hainsey in a great world, he would be a great backup center where you go, oh, wow, the Bucks have awesome depth at center. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, him starting 17 games probably isn't the best situation for Tampa Bay, but that's a situation that they're in for the second season in a yeah. row. And he's, I hate to say it, but he's the weak link of this, of this offensive line at the moment. I agree. And that's why the yeah. run game is what it is. Justin says uh, they only allowed 20 points to really good offense. Sure, great, but it didn't have the offense to, um, you know, to cash in on it and make it a game. Didn't have any takeaways. 56% third down conversions allowed. Uh, gave up way too many third and tens. Third and longs couldn't get off the field. I'm not going to let the defense off the hook, folks. Sorry. Offense deserves a lot of the blame defense that yeah. get off the hook. So. Yeah. I We're think have more tomorrow, Matt. Yeah, exactly. We can flesh this out tomorrow. Um, yeah. In the meantime, make sure you're following us on all of our social media at Peter Report on X, Instagram, Threads, and Facebook. Our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV. Please like and subscribe and leave a comment as well. It helps grow our YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate everybody that has gotten us to uh, this point with our YouTube channel. Yes. And always looking to grow. We love the Peter people. We'll be back for Monday show, which is roll call, of course, but that's going right. to do it for us. On tonight's show, for Scott Reynolds, live from Raymond James Stadium, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.